Welcome back to the Hereby Called Podcast. My name is Jordan, and alongside me is my co-host and brother-in-law, Zach. Zach, how we doing? We're doing great. Good. Um, just to follow up. <laughs> that was a weird good. <laughs> Not going through puberty anymore. Um, just to follow up, what this podcast is all about is sharing the good, the growth, the fun, and everything in between of missionary experiences, our personal experiences. Um, we're excited to have our first guest, Mason. Mason is a good friend of mine. We've been wardies for a long time. And I was thinking of ways I could introduce Mason. And I already have like so many different stories. And <laughs> you came over, Mason and his wife came over, visited with me and my wife um, this last weekend. And I don't know if you knew this before, but I threw up at your wedding reception not because of the food. Did you know that? I think you told me like some years after our the actual wedding. I don't remember it the night of. Well, I hope <laughs> you <not>. were. <laughs> so what happened? You were high. No, I was not not in the wrong way. I, <laughs> I guess so. I had you threw up. It wasn't the right way, right? I had surgery on my knee, and I got set up on a blind date with this girl, and so. I was one of the groomsmen and Trevor, our friend was the other groomsmen and um, Trevor was like driving us and chauffeuring us around. And I don't feel good. I don't even know this girl well, but she's really nice and very patient with me. And we're all having a good time and like socializing at your reception. It's beautiful. And as we're talking, like it just hits me like I'm on, cause I'm on oxycodone or whatever. And so part of the symptoms You're are getting nauseous. Yeah. yeah nauseous. Yeah. And stuff is rough. so it's like a beautiful, I remember it's like November, right? When you guys yeah. got married, is November is beautiful outside, and immediately I started like salivating profusely and start sweating, and I have a I have crutches and I can't move that fast, and it's I've been in your house and I know there's two bathrooms upstairs, right? Yeah, so I start going well, to my parents. Yeah, three. no, yeah. so I start going. I go. To, I'm scrambling on my crutches, <laughs> and I go to your guest bathroom, and there's like a line of three people, and I know your parents' rooms down the hallway, and I'm desperate enough. Cause I know I'm going to throw up. So I start crutching down the hallway and there's someone in your parents' room. So I think it was like your aunt or oh something. My gosh. So I, I crutch as fast as I can <laughs> to the front door and I puked on the side of your house. So I'm sorry about that. It was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this isn't I about, no idea. yeah, oh my gosh. It, it was a great time. I'm sorry. I don't remember much, but I remember that. And I always felt bad about that. So I had to share that. So Mason, you're born and raised here in, in, in Arizona, in Mesa? Uh, no, I was actually born in Germany. Oh, really? Yeah, I grew up there for a bit, and then my whole family's from Arizona, so we okay. moved back to Arizona. Was your dad parents working there or something? Yeah, so my dad served his mission in Germany, came home, did school, married my mom, and then uh, he did an international business program over there, and so he oh, and my wow. mom moved over. He just got a job right out of that, and so and they had me. I'm yep. the next two siblings. So. And when, how old were you when you moved back to the U.S.? Um, it was like, I was like six or seven. So you were speaking German. Yeah. Like I went to German school and everything. The rule was inside the house. We speak English outside the house. We speak German. Wow. So take us through opening your mission call. What was yeah. Well, f yeah. First, uh, take us through. Cause we got to find out where you're yeah. serving your mission. <laughs> oh, it's Wait, so through opening the mission? Yeah, call? like we, oh, your okay. thoughts, your, yeah. like, I don't. Uh, so for some reason, I was convinced that I was going to Ecuador. Uh, like, 
it sounds really stupid, but uh, in seminary, they have like mission week. Yeah. And my, you know, fake call or whatever was to Ecuador. I'm like, you know what? I bet this is like where I'm going to go. <laughs> I just kind of ran. I'm like, you know, I, I don't mind going there. That's fine. I don't speak like like Spanish other than taco, burrito, guacamole. But the essentials. Um, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I think I'll go to Ecuador. And so I was opened with anywhere, but I opened it up and uh, my dad was just stoked because it was Germany, Berlin mission. And he went there, or he went to the Hamburg mission, which is now part of the Berlin mission. As did my dad. Nice. Got a lot, I got some, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. But. All right. It's so funny chatting with him in German too. He just comes up and smiles he's like, hey, sprechen Sie Deutsch? But yeah, so um, it was cool. My uh, uncle also served there too. So Oh, wow. It was pretty fun. And uh, now, because when we moved to Arizona, I lost a lot of my German. Um, and now I got to pick it all back up going back and serving there. Well, cool. So you, obviously your whole, your whole family is there, right? It was when you opened your call. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, my whole family was there. I, I had gotten it, uh, earlier in the day, uh, it, it arrived. My mom texted me a picture while I was at school and it was my senior year of high school. So you, real quick, you're not one of the 19 year old missionaries, are you? Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. I left on my nineteenth birthday. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Both my birthdays on my mission kind of sucked, but <laughs> happy birthday! <Yeah. laughs> See you later. Don't work. Like I was super stoked <laughs> to go, but my first day in the MT, like my first day leaving, uh, I got sick. I had like some just mild cold, and so I just felt awful going in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I kind of miss my family. I was just more stoked to like leave and you know, get yeah. started. L- l- let's talk about that for a second. I got some yeah. questions about that. So, cause I, I wasn't the, the younger mission or was it 18 now? 19? Now 18, 18 now. 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 Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. This out. was before the age change. It was yeah. like part, like halfway through my mission. Okay. That, that's what I was asking, but you were able, okay. So you, you have a late birthday or an early birthday. How do you judge that? I don't know. Basically, you you left right at. <laughs> basically, what I'm saying is, I I got my mission call like a year after I graduated high school. Oh yeah, I was older for my grade. There you go. That's uh, what I, I meant. Did, yeah, I did a <laughs> kindergarten in Germany, and I kindergarten. A, that's a German word. It is. <laughs> and uh, I took a victory lap when I moved to the states. There you go. My mom wanted me to do it because it was. An, German was one reason, and okay. so they wanted me to do it in English. Yes. And so that's what I meant. So, like, how long have you been out of school before you had left? Uh, like three months. So okay. I graduated in May 2011, then August 2011. Gotcha. Left. So I, like I said, I waited a whole year, and then I got my mission call to Brazil, Rio de Janeiro North, and then I left six months later. So I, like, almost okay. had graduated high school for going on, like, a year and a half. And I, after I had graduated high school, I had like gone to and did some college and I, I kind of felt like I was like maturing, like coming to know myself. I could, I can't imagine like leaving right out of high school. How was Did you feel ready to serve your mission? Yes and no. Um, I was pretty stoked for the experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I had things pretty lined up, like lined up pretty well. 
like for after the mission stuff and um yeah like for I, I felt like it was just good timing it felt right yeah like preparedness wise I tried to you know get the checklist done and everything mm-hmm. as much as I could but in you know prepare spiritually but it was kind of challenging just being I'm the oldest of five and so there was no older sibling gotcha to, so I'd Talked with other friends that had been on missions a bit. Like I had a friend come into town from Vegas and tried to pick their brain. But like also for my grade, like kind of our group of friends, like our preschorm, I was one of the first of kind of our, our age group and our grade to go out. And so there wasn't, you know, many people, close people around me to have yeah. been on a mission recently other than my dad, you know. But yeah, that's crazy. Pick their brain. So. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. Just I've seen so many kids who have – come out on the mission that are like seriously just right out of high school. And I'm like, like that's a big <laughs> shift. You yeah. just, you just got in trouble six months ago for tipping over trash cans. And now you're like out serving, you know, a mission, but it's funny how fast the mission like matures you, mm-hmm. you know, and shapes you. And then I think it sets them up better in the long run. Right. Cause then you get that experience when you're younger that way. You know, you don't get it later in life. But anyways, back, back to the, back to the opening the mission call. So obviously your dad was pretty pumped, right? Oh yeah. So he, what, what did he put in your ear right after that? Like, oh, you got to go talk to so-and-so. Did he say something to you in German? Like he whispered it and then you, <laughs> like a year into your mission, you're like, now I know what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, actually in some certain, in some ways I'm missing the days where I couldn't understand my parents speaking German because now I know what they're saying to each other, and it's not good. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, your your mom speaks. Yeah, it too. my parents are both fluent, and so they would have conversations over us as kids when I couldn't really pick up on stuff after I had lost it. And uh, yeah, there's a reason they were speaking in German. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't well, good. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just I, my parents, my mom texted me a picture of it, and I uh, came home because I only had like three classes my senior year. Then the whole afternoon I had off, so I just came home immediately, and uh, it was super hard not to open it. But just waited for everyone to come over at like six or something, and just open it up with a bunch of friends and family. Yeah, I so. was I was in attendance. Yep, I remember it was one of the more dramatic openings. Yeah, I bet you were pretty pumped too because you're I like, was, my dad went I was there. Pumped. Like, I don't know if you know this, and I was hinting at it earlier, but I wanted to go to Germany on my mission. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And when you were in the MTC, you sent a letter home or an email, and you uh, were talking about your district, and you talked about how you felt like missionaries that were serving in Germany were kind of a cut above the rest. And I was like, oh, like, I want <laughs> I want to be in that cut. But like, I want to be cream of the crop missionary like Mason. <laughs> We were, I, I know, I feel like we were pretty obedient. Yeah, they're stupid missionaries, but like. <laughs> I was going to say the missionaries that go to Brazil definitely uh, <laughs> are different than the missionaries that go to Germany, I guess. Just like that first day that I went to the MTC, I remember lugging my bags in there just feeling super crappy because I was sick. And they're those stretchy, elastic uh, workout bands. Yeah. That they give I don't you. think they give those out anymore, but yeah, good. It's rightfully so There's a reason. <laughs> yeah. They're shooting pennies and Skittles and those using them as a slingshot down the hallway. And so I'm dodging like 
you know, projectiles and they're putting dents like in the wall. So I'm like, I could really <laughs> like hurt somebody, but they're shooting <laughs> pennies like shotgun spray down the hall. Anyway, so yeah, no, they're, they're great missionaries. I really like my district. Nice. So shooting those pennies probably gave you a good scare and I kind of want to fast forward to your mission. Yeah. You're in Germany. Was there ever a scary experience you had where you maybe felt threatened or felt protected for your, by the Lord for your, for your life? Like maybe like, I don't know, life threatening, but you know, like you, you'll walk Just a sketchy situation. Yeah. Or is Germany a pretty nice, clean place? In general. And you know, since my mission, it has definitely changed. I have friends over there that tell me uh, just really sad and crazy stories that are happening mm-hmm. just because the refugee situation, they, they don't say no to anyone coming in. Which, you know, is, is really great, but to a degree, like, my friends, they're native Germans, and they're like, yeah, we just, it's really hard feeling safe in certain areas now, and and just, yeah. so, all up for you know, helping refugees, but they, they've definitely had seen some downsides. Gotcha. But uh, generally on my mission, I felt safe there, it was a few times, and it's sad to say, but like, Christmas time, the, the Germans think they invented Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. Really? I'm not, it's not much of an exaggeration to say they do. And I'm pretty positive. I heard someone on my mission say, yeah, it was invented here. Like this is where Christmas started. Just so what what, you, you would feel unsafe on Christmas. So yeah, let me explain that every uh, Christmas there, every city from just a little um, village to, you know, Hamburg and Berlin, like huge cities have a Weihnachtsmarkt, which is a Christmas market. Uh, they put them up once a year. There's all these little stores, little food things you can get, and it's freezing in Germany. And they go, and the way my Austrian trainer explains, like, and he made it sound like it was a logical thing, but it, it, it was not. People were just getting super drunk. Oh, okay. It's called a Glühwein. If you've seen The Office, Dwight mentions that. But a uh, mm. Glühwein, it's some warm alcoholic drink. And people are out there cold, and so on the evenings, especially on the weekends, they drink more Glühwein, and it keeps them nice and warm, and people get hammered. (laughs) (laughs) And so my first city, just there were, uh, yeah, there were some nights where we'd be coming back to our apartment, and it was right uh, in, it's called Innenstadt, like a city center kind of a thing, Um, and that was right next to the um, Christmas market. So we'd always have drunk people hanging out by our apartment and stuff. (laughs) So that was, that was one thing. I guess the only other time that I, I definitely, I'm sure the Lord was protecting me in many ways, but it was really cool. We were going to the temple on P-Day and it was, we had to take this long train ride, taking all these connections to get to uh, the Freiburg temple and Germans love their soccer and their beer in those usually go hand in hand. <laughs> yep. Real quick. Were you down there when they won the world cup? No. It's a bummer. I was there during the Europe Cup. Okay. All um, right. But yeah. A little side note yeah. there. Uh, no, <laughs> good for them. But ended up here. <laughs> if you guys heard about how they, oh, I guess they like cheated or something. Oh, I don't know about that, but they I don't know. absolutely devastated Brazil. 
Oh it was yeah, like five I, to nothing. I served U.S. So like I, <laughs> this is all over my head. There Anyways. were like bribes I think given out to a player to not play on the Brazilian team, and everyone was like, "What?" And I don't know if it was from the German team or from someone else. Oh, anyways, anyways I'm sorry. Yeah. To, I'm sorry to Germans love their soccer. Keep yeah. going. So uh, we were taking all these connecting trains, and we get to the train station. And between these two cities that we have to take this train on, they're they're uh, rivals, Chemnitz and Braunschweig. Uh, they have a soccer game that day, and so the entire train station is just packed with all these drunk soccer fans getting ready <laughs> to get onto this train. And we're sitting there with our temple bags, like, <laughs> and it's summer, and we're like. This is not going to be like they have air conditioning on the trains, but it's not great. And so the smell of sweat drunk Germans is not pleasant. <laughs> Sweaty drunk Germans. And uh, so, yeah, we are sitting there. I'm like, this really stinks. And they have crowd control, like those police officers with the uh, shields and everything. Oh, wow. And we're just kind of standing around, keeping our distance from the crowd because. Uh, so it's like on borderline, kind of like riot. Yeah, it, it, the crowd can turn fast. That's why they have the crowd control. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And so it, it wasn't like, the, you know, people are getting stabbed yet, yet. But uh, <laughs> um, but one of the police officers comes up, or it looks like a SWAT dude. He's like, you guys aren't going to the game, are you? Right? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. And he goes and radios something uh, in, onto his radio, and a bunch of guys come, like nine guys, and they make this V shape with their uh, sh- um uh, shields and they're like just stand here and follow us and they just plow right through the middle of this big crowd and just like start shoving all these <laughs> out of the way and take us right up to first class on this train and have us hop in there and so and they then didn't have any of the people who were going to see the game all the crazy fans in first class they were all in the back cars but they put everyone who was not going to that for that event up in front. So, so they were drunk cool. pre-game? Oh, yeah. The, the, you could it's smell like, it. It's like tailgating. Like yeah, just, yeah, exactly. yeah, I guess that's right, yeah. In Brazil. That's what helps their team Brazil's work. kind of the same way. Um, Brazilians love their soccer, and it's an all-day affair, yeah. you know, and it's um, it's very depressing when a team loses, and it's very, uh, est- you're very ecstatic when your team wins. Yeah. It, it can... The mood can, like you said, the crowd can turn real quick. Yeah, like my first city, uh, I remember super confused. Like I didn't quite realize how big soccer was, and we're coming out of the church, and I see down the street people are throwing Mazel Tov cocktails into the street, causing fires and stuff. Oh in my front gosh! Of like the, um, what is it? Like the not the uh, subway, but it's like the bus the train station train. It's the trolley cars, like they have of tram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> light rail. I, yeah. I don't know. In German, it's called the street train and the underground train. This S-Bahn and U-Bahn. And so, but there's not really... An Autobahn. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm learning German. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that was one to own moment that I definitely felt protected. It was really cool, and it was really nice riding first class. Yeah, did so, you ever ride first class again, or...? Uh, yes. At the very end of my mission, I had been like putting aside money and I was like, Mason, you're going to treat yourself. (laughs) They have, it's called the ICE. Um, it's the inner city express train and they're just like, they're really fast trains that only go from like the major cities. Mm. Um, and so it's really nice because they're really fast and usually a little bit cleaner too. 
Um, but the tickets are a little bit more expensive. Um, and especially if you want to ride in first class, they're even more expensive. But I'm like, I'm going to ride back to the mission home um, in, in, in first class. I want this to be nice. And that is one thing, One t- at least for my mission, we are allowed to be alone. When you're going uh, doing transfers, you're allowed to ride alone on the train. Your companion sees you off then stays with a member or something or another missionary. Mm-hmm. And then you travel alone. So... I was like, I want to travel back to the mission home first class. It was so worth it. That's awesome, man. <laughs> they like bring me out some Martinelli's and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't Martinelli's. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all the little, the little kids. When I say little kids, cause I'm almost 30, the right? Kindergartners. Yeah, the kids, the kinder, Dash Kinder. Um, who I said, was that a good German accent? It's close, yeah. All right, <laughs> we'll take it. The you know that might have their mission calls that might be going to Berlin, um, and they're just so curious about the culture. And I remember how I was when I received my mission call to Brazil. I I I thought Brazilians first off spoke Spanish. I had no idea. I thought all of <laughs> South America spoke Spanish. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I took four years of Spanish in, in high school and couldn't carry on a conversation. Um, but I just remember Googling so much and, um, you know, what are the, what is a culture like? And so I, I guess that's kind of what my, my, my next question is, is let, let's talk about food for a second. Cause everybody has a favorite food from their mission. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when you think about Brazil, you know, you, you describe, you know, rice and beans and barbecue, Brazilian barbecue, right. Mm-hmm. Black beans and rice in Shuhasco. Rodizio Grill. There you go. Rodizio's or uh, Fogo de Chão, um, their chain. But that, that to me is what everybody thinks of Brazil. I have absolutely no idea what Germans... Bratwurst, man. Oh, yeah, I guess. Bratwurst and, and pastries, right? Beer. So what What would... We didn't partake much in the latter, but... Yeah, you <laughs> missed out on that. Yeah. What was, what was your go-to on your mission? Well, that's a different question than my, uh, if I, you know, could choose my meals and had the budget for it, I love schnitzel. Like if, That's like a hot dog, right? No. So no? Like, cause there's a store here, like Wiener schnitzel here. Yeah. And I've, and that's like just pretzels. I've never had it. And, uh, but oh, I, have, I have no idea. I've never been. Um, but, or yeah. And like in all the cartoons, it makes us make it, people make it sound like, oh, we have some Wiener schnitzel, like it's a dessert or something. But Wiener means um, it's a like Vienna. It's from uh, the city in Austria, mm-hmm. so it's just saying a Vienna um, schnitzel. And what schnitzel is? It's pork. They can do it with other meats, but the traditional way is they get pork and you know they pound it down like so. It's a little pork steak, and they bread it and grill it um, in just in like grease or whatever. And I never would have guessed. Dude, I thought a Wiener schnitzel was like a dessert pretzel. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> See I, what I'm saying? So these, these kids is, that open their call and, and go, I'm going to Hamburg, Germany. I can't wait to eat some Wiener eat Schnitzel the and then go get and go I get see pretzels. why all the cartoon pretzels. people, though, were excited, though. It was so good. Like, you put this lemon drizzle over it, and when they have, like, a creamy sauce with it, kind of, almost like a gravy sort of sauce, it is just, whew. And have so you found anywhere here in the States that is comparable yeah, there's a place in Utah where they have an actual Austrian chef, the Bohemian Brewery. They brew their own beer there, and it is really good. It's really authentic, too. The so. beer is really good? <laughs> uh, or the, just, to, just to clarify, Mason, you, you, you've never had 
It's been a hard few years since. <laughs> I don't think he has. But. No, you're, you're talking about the the no. food is really yeah, good. Yeah, the, the the food is very good. Wait, very so it's called Bohemian Bro- Bohemian Brewery, and where is that? Uh, Murray, yeah, Murray, Utah. All right, Murray's yeah. south, just south, just of Salt south Lake. Uh, Salt Lake. Yeah, yeah it's between okay. Provo and Salt Lake. So you uh, said the schnitzel was one thing, and then what was the other? If you could eat anything, what was your favorite? Or what was like kind of a cultural? Yeah, the traditional. Um, like if members were like. I'm going to treat elder carbs. It's like you can count on carbs for sure. Potatoes are, you know, mostly always going to be on the plate. They have a, like, they do a lot of cabbage stuff. One thing um, that was pretty common, especially in the East, um, it's called uh, koruladen. And it's this like really cool seasoned chunk of like ground beef with a uh, cabbage wrapped around it. Whoa. And it's really, it's really good. And now that I'm saying that, that actually might be the name of something. I always get it confused. That is really good. They wrap it up in cabbage. It looks like a little kind of football, like a mini football thing that you eat. Hmm. But they, that's either cold laden or the other thing, which is also <laughs> super good. I can't remember the names of them now. They get a strip of beef and they put like a layer of dill, a layer of mustard on there. Excuse me. A bunch of different layers of different toppings on this strip uh, of beef. And then they roll it up and um, sometimes they'll wrap it in cabbage as well and bake it like that. Wow. And so all those Dang, juices dude, I'm are just... I'm, I'm, I'm salivating. <laughs> I'm like legit getting hungry. I just heard myself in the microphone. I was like, Jordan, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing heavily. <sighs> <laughs> oh man! So, so what, really what, what, what was there? What was there? Anything that you like? You had to like plug your nose and, and eat. Oh, oh yeah, because um, I think everybody's got a couple of those too. There's something that bless her sweet soul. Just uh, there's this old woman that my dad actually taught on his mission. Wow! Her and her husband. They're old. She's the sweetest lady. Knit me a uh, sweater. Like a jacket, a full jacket, like had a zipper and everything um, right towards the end of my mission. Um, so amazing old woman. But uh, she, oh, I got to send you guys the picture. Imagine, have you ever seen like gelatin when it's clear? Like, just I like, think of like lard. Like, I think of the office with like Jim and like the stapler. Like jelly? Imagine like jello. Uh-huh. That is clear and not good. So like not sugary. No, not okay. sugary. It's, it's like it's just straight gelatin. Um like Vaseline. <laughs> except <laughs> more solid. It's like okay, that. Okay. But it's solid. Like you can cut slices out of it. Okay. Um so imagine you have a bread a loaf of bread shaped uh thing of chunk of this clear gelatin with floating chunks of random meats in there. Like you can see through it <laughs> and there are just random chunks of meat just like floating inside it. Not floating, but they look like they so are. They're suspended. Suspended, <laughs> suspended gelatin. Yes, exactly. And they cut off a slice of it like they are slicing bread and give it to you. No other toppings or anything. That was, it was, it was rancid. Like just meat doesn't jiggle like that. <laughs> Not when it's you know dead. And 
oh, it, it was so bad. Um, I we went there did a service project. That was I think one of two times that I actually took advantage of um, them. The couple like stepped away. I and we were eating out in their garden. I literally grabbed it off my plate, chucked it out onto the road. And afterwards, <laughs> I went out there and like picked it up, and I'm like, I'm not eating this. Like, like, <laughs> I think we all have stories like that. that is so so bad. And just to piggyback off that. So that's probably one of the weirdest things. Did you require an emergency load of laundry afterwards? Basically, you're asking, have you ever required an emergency load of laundry? After eating something. (laughs) Because everyone knows if you serve U.S., you're probably most likely not going to have that issue. Going to have to crap yourself sometimes. Yeah. And if if you're south of the U.S. border, you typically... Oh, I did it. Like, I've... I am not well, I, ashamed I, of admitting I, it. I don't know about Europe, though. Oh, oh it definitely happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, kids? <laughs> Be prepared. You're not safe. There are two. There's one time where, and it was funny, but I'm also pretty proud of the time that it was a close call. I'm like, Mace, you held it in. Was, <laughs> you fought the good fight. It, it was, but uh, the one time where I definitely did need to change, me and my companion, it was in Magdeburg. And we're sitting in the church. We got there like 10 minutes early before this appointment. Um, a member's coming to do a joint teach with us. Um, and so the member and the investigator were going to arrive. We're just teaching them at the little church building there. And I'm sitting across. We're just sitting at this table and like I'm looking at my planner or something. And, you know, missionaries, we just fart. When you fart, you just fart. And I just had yeah, to fart. Yeah, so. I let out a grizzly fart and all of a sudden it just, I felt this <laughs> pressure that was not common. And all of a sudden I just look up at my companion and he's like, I don't Duncan, your face just went like deep white and you're like, I'll be right back. Are you, you were at your house or where were no, you? No, this is at, at, the, the church. at the church. Oh, at the church. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. So I'm just at the church. And I'm like, uh, I'll be right back. And so I clench my butt cheeks and waddle over into the bathroom. And sure enough, there's a tiny little turd that went straight through the butt cheeks and just never trust a fart. I saw it myself. <laughs> and so I'm like, shoot, like I'm not at home. I can't just, you know, change. So I quickly whip off my pants and it was a bathroom. It was actually an office building where the church is just a branch there. They had rented out this little office space. So I locked the door to the bathroom and uh, I'm standing there. I take off my pants, grab uh, my garments off, and lay them on the sink, go clean myself up. Then I'm sitting there in the sink, rinsing off my garments. And then I go to turn uh, and I realize, like, to dry them off, realize there are no, um, we didn't have the air dryers, and all the paper towels were gone. <laughs> and right then, <laughs> right after I realized that, I hear the member, Romy walk into the church and say, Hey, Elder Brandley. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I'm bottomless. <laughs> There's a woman out there and I can't do anything. So I'm running back and forth in the bathroom, waving my garment bottoms, trying to air dry them, <laughs> like waving a flag. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I just hear Elder Brandley out there like, yes, saying very loudly, Hey, Romy, <laughs> I wonder where Elder Duncan went. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, I, so I put on my damp garment bottoms and go out there and I'm like, Hey, and Elder Brandley's just like, how you doing there, Elder? <laughs> so, um, and how, how long had you been on your mission when this happened? 
that was around my halfway mark. Okay. Yeah. Exactly halfway. Yeah. Okay. Pretty acclimated to the food and it's yeah, it just, was just one of those situations. I never trust a fart. <laughs> one thing though, um uh I guess this was kind of one of my funnier stories, just it was in that same city, same companion, but we had gone and done a service project for the Relief Society's Society President's family. Um, her and her husband, they have two little boys. We did something, helped them out one weekend. And Germans, they shop differently than Americans. Like uh, we go shopping typically um, once a week or something, but lots of them. So for some stuff, they'll stock up on for months at a time. Like they will get pallets of drinks to keep in their basement. Um, but lots of little foods they go and buy every day. Like they'll go buy cheese and a few slices of bread every day. Um, but they always have things in stock. And even, you know, that's American. You just, you fill your fridge. But us, you know, being poor missionaries, we didn't have a chock full fridge. We were living on a budget and we had food, but uh, it was kind of random. After we did the service project, they fed us food and they're, and they're like, hey, elders, what do you have in your fridge? And it was, you know, coming up on P-Day, so the fridge was a little bit more empty. And we're like, that's, we didn't put it together that they were trying to figure out how much we had. Um, but. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, were like, I think we've got like some mustard. I think I've got, and they had like a frozen baguette in the freezer. So we listed off a few condiments that we had and some cheese. And they're like, we're going to the store right now. And we're like. Oh, no, our P day is Monday. We'll be okay. They're like, nope, get in the car. So we're like, okay. And she like got four P days worth of food for us. Just loaded us up. We're like, thank you. Like really, this is plenty. But she's like, nope. Anyways, I'm, this is a long, I'm telling you a lot of background here, but uh, we didn't get invited over to many people's houses in this. It was a very small branch. Um, but she goes into Relief Society then on Sunday and tells the whole ward our elders are dying. <laughs> they have no food, <laughs> nothing. I gave them some food, which she gave us like a month's worth of food in our eyes. But she's like, I gave them some. It's probably not going to last long. They could be dead by tomorrow. <laughs> That's basically the ravenous growing boys. Exactly. This is all in Relief Society. And so we weren't privy to it. But all of a sudden, just after church, all the women come up to us. They're like, elders, are you Okay. Like just seriously concerned for our well-being. Aww. We're like, yeah, we're great. <laughs> just got a month's worth of food yesterday. Like, <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, what's up? And they're like, and all these uh, members are like, why didn't you tell us you're dying? Because <laughs> we're not. <laughs> anyway, uh, we need to say we got invited over to dinner that day. And there was this family. It's a German woman and her son and uh, her now husband. He was a boyfriend and he came over. Uh, they were engaged at the time, but he was from uh, Iran. And a cool guy, super cool convert. Uh, but we got invited over to their house for dinner and we go over there after church and um, they made spaghetti, just uh, spaghetti and um, marinara sauce for us. So we're just sitting there eating and talking and I have about zero tolerance for anything spicy, like a really? scale of one to 10, it's like 0 0.001. Interesting. Like I can handle mild salsa, but medium salsa like starts to give me the sweats. Like it's wow. It's yeah, it's sad, and I have tried to overcome it. It was bad choice, but um, it it just doesn't work with me. I don't know why my tongue just can't handle it. And I'm sitting there eating this uh the spaghetti, 
and the guy um, did not tell us. He, well, he just said, oh, yeah, it's just spaghetti, regular spaghetti. And I take a bite um, halfway through, and I'm like, holy cow, it is flaming hot. And he's like, oh, yeah, my mom sent me these uh, Iranian peppers. I put <laughs> two of them in the sauce, but I guess you got one, lucky elder. Oh, so you had eaten a whole... I ate an entire pepper. <laughs> they aren't very big, but they packed a punch. And I'm like just sitting there, high, you know, borderline hyperventilating. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the wife's like, elder, <laughs> or to her husband, she's like, you're going to kill the elder. Go get something. They had basically a shot glass worth of um, of milk left over. <laughs> so I tried to swish that around and eventually it started to calm down. Um, and eventually I kind of got a hold of my faculties but I was like, Elder, we need to go right now because it made a beeline trip right to the <laughs> nether region. It cleaned you out. <laughs> right to the nether region. Man. And there was, it was like a six block walk from their house back to our apartment. I have never clenched so much. We had to stop every like, you know. I call that walking like a mermaid out of water. Pretty much. You get it? You get it? Yeah. Because you can see it, right? Flopping <laughs> around there. I I literally, like, I um, had to stop every, like, couple seconds and just sit there and clench, be like, oh, my gosh. It's gonna <laughs> Been be, there. It's going to be that curbside right there. I'm just going to have to drop my drawers <laughs> and poop into that, that storm drain. Oh, my gosh. That, that's, my, that's my only option. <laughs> but You would rather do that than... There comes a time when you have to no, you're embrace fu- reality. Well, I would, honestly, I would go in my drawers. I wouldn't go in a storm drain. <laughs> Even if I did go in a storm drain, I'm not sure if anyone out in public would have batted an eye. Um, okay. All right. It's a great city, but things happen. On, on a daily basis, I usually see someone doing some kind of fecal matter. You okay. Know, somewhere. Wow. Okay. It's, just, it's weird over there. Yeah, people in Brazil would just like have their kids piss in the street. Just full on cars are driving by. It's like, oh, they don't have their kids there. It's all the adults. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, you know, to see some guy, yeah, taking a leak. Yeah. So here's a transition. So Mason and I served our missions around the same time. And here's another confession. There was a time when you were sending emails and you would always start it with like Uber Svalde or something. I don't know. It was a word. And I think Uh, it meant miracle or something. I don't know. Like, I I would always just I didn't know what to put in the subject lines for my email, so I would usually just write random German words. <laughs> well, anyways, you, there was a time where I was going through a really tough time, and it seemed like every week Mason had like this amazing experience of like all these successes that I was like, man, like I am struggling here, and I was like jealous, and I was like. I'm sure Mason had to have hard times. Like my dad, when he talked about his mission in Germany, like, oh, what, yeah. what, what, like what were some of the hardest things that that you went through? I'm actually shocked though that you, you were like jealous of my mission because, like, I don't know I feel like there's stereotypes with yeah. Europe because it is hard. Um, the first year of my mission, I had you know just I hate throwing out numbers and stuff, but like uh, there was, yeah, just one uh, only one baptism, um, and it was. Uh, you know, hard fought Baptist, like, you know, hard, uh, to get that far. And just, it's, it was really hard, um, even finding people, you know, just, uh, people were very rude in their ways and, um, or just not receptive at all. And so lots of the people we, we taught to were, uh, from other countries. And I, 
that was that was something really cool just um because Elder uh, Bednar, he gave a talk and he talked about the gathering of Israel and he said, you know, lots of these people from other countries, they can't hear the gospel in, you know, the lands where they live, like in the Middle East or something, but here they can, um, and, and or from whatever countries. And so we're, it's not just the German people, but we're also helping others come into Christ because they're coming to this country. And so that was really cool. Um, but uh, even though it is still difficult to teach anyone of the Muslim faith, uh, you have to go through all kinds of hoops, even just to meet with them, because um, you know people would start killing them if they started meeting with a back home. Yeah. Oh wow. So they, yeah. Don't so. you have to get like your mission president's permission or something just to even? Yeah, there are three steps. You have to ask them uh, about their visa status, like, um, or well, a couple. They have to get uh, like their visa status. You have to ask like if you your friends or family back home found out that you met with us or were learning about our church in any way, would they physically harm you or kill you? And if the answer is yes, no, I mean, that's a, re- it's, it's yeah. just a reality. Jeez, you know? Yeah. And so that was really tough. Cause sometimes we'd have people that were kind of interested, but then when we start asking them questions, like, Oh uh, uh, well, yeah. yeah, that's quite the commitment. Yeah. yeah I, I have from the start. So. I have a comment about that. I was a ward mission leader for a while and I, we randomly got a text on a Saturday afternoon. It was basically meet at the church, um, at 4 PM, uh, Russell Nelson's going to talk to us. Oh, wow. And he was an apostle at the time okay. or, uh, he wasn't the prophet. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it was cool. Um, it was just our stake. Um, ward mission leaders. I mean, there was a handful. It was bishops, Bishop Rick and ward mission leaders. So, I, I mean, I felt like I was very privileged to be there. And we got to ask them a whole bunch of questions, a bunch of questions. And one of them was always, as it always happens, is uh, um, one gentleman or one brother, his sister had left the church or something and said, you know what? I know times are getting, you know, the end of times are getting close when there's going to be missionary work in China you know, and all this stuff. And I saw Nelson just looks at him and goes, what makes you think there's not, it's not happening right now. And everybody's like, (gasps) he's like said the same thing. The Lord has, you know, he works in mysterious ways. He sends, you know, these people elsewhere to get education to, you know, actually taught someone from China. Yeah. And then they, they end up uh, learning the gospel outside of their home country, you know? And I, I think that would, I mean, I really, that took me by surprise because, you know, I'm in Brazil. I never really saw anybody outside the country. If I did, uh, I don't remember it. Um, but then in Europe, you know, it's a big melting pot um, of cultural differences. And so it was just really interesting to hear him say that. That's cool. What else you got, Jordan? Um, well, I guess, yeah. So, and I never no, answered it, your question, I realized, too. Like, um, part of it, so it was uh, my second uh, city, and I had gotten, in, in my first city, I got pneumonia. Oh, And, damn. yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> I have asthma, too, and so it was it was just a rough time, and um, I, I had been just having a hard time, and then I got transferred to Holf, which is the Siberia of Germany is just kind of where this like weather converges literally from Russia down there. Hof? Hof. H-O-F. H-O-F. Like the planet Hof. 
like, like in Star, in Star Wars. Wars. Like the- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling I, it right I wonder, now. It's a uh, Bion Gonzobin, um, Bavaria at the very top. Yeah. It was the only city on our mission that was in Bavaria, which is cool. Like Bavaria is the southernmost German state, but our mission boundaries, it's like the northern third of Germany and just barely dips down and gets that one city in Bavaria right at the northern tip. But that's the city motto is in Bavaria at the very top. So what was so tough about? Um, just the I got transferred the there. Sickness. Yeah, I got transferred there um, in uh, January and I was just barely, you know, finishing, taking my meds, getting over pneumonia and it would get well into the negatives there. My companion, um, was going home in a matter of weeks and didn't speak a lick of English really, like a few words here and there, but he couldn't converse in German at all. Where was he from? Uh, Frankfurt. Oh, so he, so he was German. He couldn't converse yeah. in, in English. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Uh, yeah. Uh, he couldn't converse in English at all. He only just a hundred percent German. He would say a few words to me, but it wasn't like we could converse whatsoever uh-huh. in English. Um, and so I was still struggling with the language a bit and, um, they have crazy different dialects just in a really small, you know, location. They're like here, like we have the South as Jordan knows the Southern dialects and everything and accents, uh, but it's a little bit more spread out over the country, but over there, you know, you drive an hour in one direction and you won't be able to understand them. And this city, it's right on the border between, uh, the Czech Republic and the border between former East Germany and West Germany and the border between Saxony, which has, is called Sexish, which, which sounds like sexist. What'd you call me? It's a, it's a whole bunch of just crazy accents thrown into one yeah, place. Kind of melting pot. Yeah. And, um, like some people I just still to this day would not be able to understand, um, cause of their crazy different accent. And so just going through all that and it was the dead of winter. Um, I remember sitting at my desk during personal study one morning and for the first time in months, like the clouds parted and it was like just a quarter sized little ring in the sky. I could actually see the sky through all the gray clouds. And I like whipped out my camera and took a picture. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's still there. But, uh, it was just really sad. It was difficult for me because, um, I didn't feel good. My companion was very much so trunky. He wanted to go home. Checked out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he, he was, he, that's another story. He was just really creepy. Um, Side so note, that's another funny story I should tell later on if you want. But I realize it's, anyway, but <laughs> uh, that's a whole, he was a. Yes. Um, sometimes you might have a creepy companion. He was a graveyard worker. And he would tell me stories about the dead people all the time. He would watch me in my sleep, like just be standing over me, over yeah, that's my bed. Weird. Like you'd wake up and- I would wake up, like I rolled over in the night and the layout of our room, like from left to right, it was the bathroom was on one end, then his bed, uh-huh. then my bed and the window. I'd wake up, he'd be standing over my bed and I'm like, whoa, Elder, what are you doing? It's like, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you didn't have to pass by my bed to get- to your bed from the bathroom. You're right next to the bathroom. But yeah, he'd just be staring at me like in the middle of the night to be like 1 a.m. And he's just uh, sitting yeah. there. Anyway, super creepy. <laughs> um, Not going to give his name because... <laughs> no, that's good. You don't have His to. uncle's a general authority. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. 
But uh, sometimes those make the weirdest ones, right? No, yeah. No, anyways. Um, anyways, I was just going through a really hard time, and uh, it was just it was great. I told the Lord, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try to do everything I can to get over this funk because that was probably the first time that I had felt like really depressed in my life. And, uh, so I just told Heavenly Father, I'm like, this really stinks. Um, and so help me get over this. So I just went about starting to get things done, you know, because of my pneumonia, we could only be outside for a certain amount of time. And with the snowstorms going on, cause we didn't have any investigators, like there was nothing going on really. Um, and snowstorms, you couldn't see more than a few feet in front of you, uh, walking outside. So um, and my mission president was like, yeah, don't get, don't worsen your sickness, like stay mm-hmm. inside and stay warm, um, as much as possible. And so just being inside a lot took its toll, but I started to just go and do the dishes and try to take care of the house, started taking some like vitamin D to, you know, help the, you know, depression kind of go away a little bit and, um, started to serve my companion and try to get to know him more. Dude just would not laugh. It was super weird. I, I tried my hardest. Cultural clash or something. I, I don't know. Germans, I can make Germans laugh. <laughs> Maybe they were just pitying me, but he he would not budge. Anyway, but yeah, so it, it was it was a challenging time, but it was really cool just seeing how the Lord helped me pull myself out of that mm-hmm. um, and how he pulled me out of that because, uh, yeah, we had, had no real success there. There was like nothing I had just come from this city, my first city where I was like really gelling with the people there and stuff. And it's funny, yeah. the Lord, the Lord, I think, at least on my mission, and it kind of sounds like the same thing. When you start getting really comfortable, that's when you, you, you get sent to Siberia, you know, or something yeah. like that. And, and I think throughout all of my experiences, that's when I, that's when I learned the most about myself. Yeah. And how I can, get answers from my heavenly father. I think I, I learned, I learned a lot from being, I don't want to say being humbled, but being humble enough to go to heavenly father and be like, look, this sucks. Like, uh, same thing. I had my second companion was like that. Um, I remember I looked at my mission journal the other day and one of my entries was my heart feels like a rock. That was it for the day. (laughs) <laughs> like that was it. And he, same thing. He was going home and he was a zone leader and was hoping to be assistant and got down to trainer. And my, my first mission companion, my trainer, he's still one of my best friends to this day. And so I went from like really good to just really hard. And same thing. I was just like, you know, there's nothing I could do except for pray. I couldn't even have a conversation with him. Couldn't talk, couldn't do anything. But, you know, you just, you find out who you are in those moments and, what, you know, what your relationship is with Heavenly Father. And I, I really like how you were like, you know what, I'm just going to start doing things. Cause that's what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times um, on my mission, I always saw elders that were just like, they were just in a funk. And it's like, okay, well, you got to do something, man. You got to get out. You got to start doing the dishes. You got to do your laundry. You got to start moving. You got to do something. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, 
it's, it's hard to see people go through that, but everybody goes through it and it's hard to go through it. But, um, yeah, in, in pre mission on your mission, post mission, you're going to go through things like that. So it's just, I think it's really awesome that, you know, through that time, that's when you, cause I, I feel the exact same way. I was just like, I, there's only one person I can go to and that's my yeah. heavenly father. <laughs> you learn how to like, to, to face those challenges a little bit better because you're all on your own, you know, essentially. And just, it's a, it's, it's a learning experience because up until then, I don't think I had really had, I had like parents and friends and stuff and fam this other family members to kind of be there to counsel with and stuff. But even though I had my companion, he, he wasn't much help in the mm -hmm. situation and uh and if he was making it more worse and so it was just a time where I was more alone it was kind of like just squared up like gotta figure this out on my own and take it to the Lord have you ever found yourself post mission like remembering that time uh yeah, yeah like hey I made it through this I can get through anything yeah yeah I th that happened yeah. to me yeah it's interesting how the, again those little moments like you you think so much in the moment, like this absolutely is the worst. I have nothing to learn from this. Like, why are you doing this to me? Right. And then seven years down the road, you are faced with some situation that's completely different, but you start feeling the same way. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I've maybe I felt that and got through it knowing that down the road, I would have to know that I can get through it again. Yeah. Missions are funny in that you have to go, someone said the analogy, like you're, you're walking through like a rose bush and so you're getting scraped and clawed. And then when you get on the other side and you look up, like all you see is roses. And I don't know about you, but just hearing about your mission, like it sounds like it was pretty difficult and you had some difficult moments, but when you look back on your mission, like, is that, are those the moments you remember or do you remember the good, the happy thing, the funny, the, yeah. the mirror, D did you see miracles on your mission? Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. The, for some reason, my mind, I'm like, what? I thought of a movie. I'm like, what? <laughs> like 17 Miracles? 17 Miracles. Did yeah. you see that movie? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, definitely. And this, especially in my last city, like, uh, there, there's a number of different miracles. Like I saw, you know, little miracles every day, you know, uh, but I really feel like I just started, like hitting, you know, my getting my stride really. The last uh, six months of my mission, I was in the same, like five and a half. I was in the same city. Um, I was serving as a zone leader with, uh, in my mission, you have a companionship as two zone leaders. Uh -huh. um, and uh, it was just really cool because I, I like getting to serve other missionaries too. Um, but we had, I, I just felt like my missionary skills um, we're, we're really good. And so the Lord was just definitely blessing us with a lot of success. Um, and that's where I saw the most, um, I guess it, I saw success and it depends on how you quantify it, but I definitely saw lots of baptisms and towards the end of my mission. That's good. I, I, that was one of the questions that I had was like, um, how long on your mission or, when was it then you, that you realized that you're like, look, I got this, you know, the way I always describe it to my priests or my teachers, it's like, look, you know, it's like riding a bike. 
and you don't remember really learning how to ride a bike. You might remember a couple of times you fell, but then all of a sudden just your brain kind of just clicked. Right. For me on my mission, it was like, like right around a year. It was just like, I got the language. I got the people. I got the culture. How was that for you? Um, you know, just like there, you know, I felt like I was growing my whole mission, but, and I know there was a few situations just where I did have companions who were less excited to be there or going home. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that really taught me and it kind of built up my excitement for the work because I missed it so much having to oh, yeah. know, drag I my I didn't companion. think of it that way. That's, that's a good way to look and at so that. so I was being built up, I feel like internally, but not able to use all my tools. So I was just building up this bigger repertoire of, of, of a tool set. And then towards the end of my mission, it was just like, okay, like no more blockades. And the Lord just like let me loose. And you know, I, I, I hate taking credit for it because, you know, it, it wasn't my work or anything like, uh, but just we were definitely blessed and I felt like I was doing my part for it really well though in my, that last area on my mission, just those six months. Cause I felt like I had the language down, like you were saying, I knew how to talk to people. I knew a little bit of other languages of common people in the area. So I could chat with them a little bit and, um, that's awesome. And just lots of our success came with working with members and, uh, we were, I was just gelling with the members and everything. So it was great. What, what do you love most about the German people? Oh. <laughs> um, it's hard to say just one, like they are hilarious. Uh, a sense of humor sense of humor. Um, one thing I love about them is, and I guess that is very general too, is they are very, very helpful. Very kind. Sometimes talking to people on the street, if you go up to them and say, Hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus. They're like, no, thank you. And they'll say something mean, walk away. But if you go up to like any German and like, Hey, I'm trying to find this place and like whip out a map. They will, we, we literally were trying to find somewhere and we didn't have a map, but we asked this guy, we're like, Hey, we're trying to find this. He's like, Oh, I think it's right over there. And he kind of gave us some directions and stuff. And it was super kind and helpful. We're like, okay. And we start walking down the street about five minutes later, he comes barreling down on a bike with a map, with everything outlined and like highlighted for us. Like, here's where you need to go. Keep the map. Wow. That's and awesome. Just like, and so it, just random dude, you know, and we gave him our card and stuff. He, he definitely wasn't interested, but, uh, just, you encounter a lot of those people who really enjoy helping others. And so it's just nice. They're just really helpful people. So, nice. Yeah. Well, that's all I've got. Okay. A couple question wise. I don't know if there's anything. Else <laughs> I think, I think it. I have one last one. Right. And I think we kind of touched on it a little bit with the, the difficult, um, aspect, but again, the, the, the meat of what I want to get out of this is like to, to circle the wagons and be like, where did you give us an, 
not a story, but an, I don't know. When you saw the the hand, the Lord's hand in your work the most, like give us give us just an experience you had on your mission where that you really you sat there and said, "I know the Lord lives. I know this church is true." And I, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. Yeah, there's a, just a there's it wasn't exactly for me like a specific moment. Um, I just felt it kind of, the Lord works with me a lot. Um, and I guess it isn't really the Lord working with me. It's me realizing how the Lord has been working with me. And I see it all in hindsight. It's after the fact that I just like realize, holy cow, like he's been working miracles through me this whole time. Mm -hmm. And like in the moment, I'm just like, wow, where's this coming from? Like, this is amazing, you know? But, uh, one, one of those particular times it was, um, when I was giving a blessing on my mission and it was actually to a member and, uh, he was sick and, uh, my whole mission, I had a little bit of a difficulty trying to give blessings in German. Mm -hmm. Um, just the language and trying to, receive the revelation and get everything out in proper German grammar. And in, I never know, thought about that. Just, the translating the, the blessing. Yeah. Just, it, it was for some reason that was always a little bit uh, of a difficulty for me. Cause I could, I could get it all out in English if I want to, but trying to translate it into the exact phrasing that that person needed was something that, uh, just, I always felt a little bit inadequate with. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this, this member needed a blessing and, uh, they asked me to do it and I was like, okay, sure. You know, and, uh, uh put on the spot. I'm like, okay, like, you know, just kind of give myself a internal pump up. Like you got this, but, uh, and pretty much every day of my mission, I always prayed for the gift of tongues. And that was, that was one miracle I definitely saw, but, um, it was really cool seeing how the gift of tongues just kicked in in this instance and this this member really needed to hear some things, and because as I was giving it, it was like exactly this is what you need to say. And in hindsight, that was probably the best grammar that I ever used on my mission. Um, just giving that blessing because uh, I don't think I I could have spoken like that just normally, and to this day I probably couldn't either. Um, but it was just really cool because I would receive exact phrasing. And I just felt the Lord guiding me, um, really, you know, through that whole experience and feeling the Lord's love for this member was just something really cool. And, uh, just, I, I knew that there was someone there, you know, helping me through it. That's awesome. It is good. I think, uh, I think we're good. If you, if you were to give one little piece of advice to, yeah, actually, Some, I had some uh, somebody I saw that, that email somebody that know. that got their mission call to your mission. What would it be? Or was just in preparing for a mission in general? Just in general. So it's kind of an experience. And sign up. Sorry, I ramble. So no, it, go feel for free it, man. to like it. Just I'll you start can cut a lot of what I yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like they're gonna have to cut out like half of this because my no, go my for wife. It. This is good. I, I just ramble, but um, 
my first city was a city called Kassel and my last city was the uh, in the same district and I got to go as a zone leader and do an exchange in Kassel right at the end of my mission. So it was kind of cool like um, getting to be there at the beginning and the end of my mission and get to go see people. Uh, But when I first got out there, it was October and I stayed there through um, into the winter and part of it, you know, I, I, whenever I'd walk, uh, I, I realized just, I, I'm not very coordinated. And so I would be staring at the ice, trying to find good places to step. I would walk, um, kind of with my head down a bit. And when I went there, uh, for in, as a zone leader doing the exchange, as I'm walking around the city, I'm like, wow, this is so much different, like way different than I remember it. Just going through like the city center and everything where that Christmas market was, I'm like, wow, this is like night and day. What's so different? And over the course just of that day, I realized not much has changed. A few things have, but the biggest change is I'm just looking up. I'm looking at people. I'm like, my head is literally up, but I'm also, I just have more confidence about me. And uh, that's something just self-confidence that, you know, I've struggled with. um, But I just noticed that, at the beginning of my mission, I was looking down. I was much more reserved and unconfident, even though I, uh, and I couldn't speak the language that much, but, uh, I wasn't looking up at all. And so that's, I know literally looking up and also I'd say spiritually looking up, be confident. And I'd heard people say like, bear your testimony with confidence, but I felt like, you know, I, I was kind of more in an MTC mindset, like this is the training ground still. I'm not good enough to speak this language yet. And so until I can do it correctly, I'm not going to be as confident. And that's kind of a regret from my mission is that I wish I had looked up more and been more confident because I would have both seen, you know, more the, like the, of the beauty around me and appreciated it more. And I feel like I would have been a more effective missionary if I had been more confident and um, just looked up more. So good advice. That's my two cents. Good advice. Mason, thank you for your service. Thank you for coming on and and sharing your experiences. Um, And for any of those out there who have a mission call in general or to Germany, (gasps) Mason can advocate that you'll love your mission. Oh yeah. I, I think I I want to go to Germany. I now. still want to go to Germany. <laughs> Let's Man, go. go Germany. <laughs> Let's awesome. get some schnitzel. Yes. That's right. <laughs> it's awesome. Like Christmas. yeah, we really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, really appreciate the words of wisdoms and all the stories. And stay tuned for more. Thanks, guys.